After the children were taken away, we were seated outside on white folding chairs under a large blue tarpaulin. To keep the pigeon poop off our heads, I heard another parent murmur as the crowd streamed past. Above, at a remove from human discourse, the devious birds perched and plodded, chortling, their heads clustered like feathered bowling pins, nesting aggressively in the downspouts and eaves of the lower school roof. I watched the principal, followed by her assistants, stride to her place behind a makeshift podium festooned with rich maroon bunting. The bunting's gothic gilt letters spelled out, Silito School. The principal gazed, falling silent, we followed that pointed gaze, out over the rolling grounds. Four acres of marathon grass growing lush about the stucco and redwood classroom buildings. As silence fell, the last of the parents hurried to their seats before the podium. I found myself hanging back a bit, staring at the doorway through which the children had disappeared. Above, a breeze worried a rainbow windsock in the shadow of a spiteful Chinese elm, which for the last hour had been showering sap balls on the heads of the parents. That was it. Things just seemed to drop from the heavens at Silito, its temple-like calm bespoke gifts from above or from a more lateral direction, hands unobtrusively signing tuition checks, 8,000 per annum. The lower school grounds were landscaped with self-conscious abandon. A number of muscled climbing trees shouldered each other over a montage of dirt paths, conversation pits, fort-like hedges. Two Dr. Seuss-ish palms, skinny and straight as telephone poles, towered over the other trees. Everywhere I looked sprang up the programmed implements of joy, redwood seesaws and sandboxes, balance beams and rocking horses. By contrast, we parents, squeezed tight in rows on our metal folding chairs before the podium, looked deprived and curiously passive, testimony to the drab and discredited teaching traditions that had produced us and preceded this more flamboyant, self-aware pedagogical era. I slipped into the third seat of a row near the rear. Silito, you see, was known as a wonderful school, and I had come, like all these other parents, to hear about it. We are a wonderful school, the principal whispered into the mic. Her name was Allegra Shatner, she said in a strengthened voice, and she was gratified to see us all here today. I felt a sharp pain in my chest, put my hand over my heart and inhaled carefully. I found, in trying to concentrate on Allegra Shatner, that I was afraid of her. In particular, I feared her clothing. Allegra Shatner was a large, imposing woman in a black-and-white leather zebra-striped jacket with fringed sleeves. She wore black-and-white cowboy boots and ribbed white leggings, and her jewelry was of a kind one associated with bodyguards heavy gold chains, jaguar heads with garnet eyes, a great brass quetzal over her chest. Her hair was also large, the dull orange of a turkey waddle wrestled into a pugnacious chignon, a huge trapped bundle ballistic in its restraint.